So this is Ryan from the future. Apologies for the sound that you're about to hear in the future or coming up next. Uh, there was an issue technic with our recording stuff, and it was not sounding the best. So bear with it, and it gets better immediately after the fact. It was fucking broken. That was like two something, like maybe a little after two, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I've been playing all morning." His <laughs> mornings like don't start till fucking like ten, eleven o'clock. So maybe he's only playing. Must be nice, yeah, right? Fuck. Well, apparently on some of those videos that I saw, people were finishing. Finishing it in about six and a half hours. Oh, so. fuck. Then he's probably almost done. He's he, almost done? He loves that fucking... Like, he has every game in the series. Dude, yeah. Res, Resident Evil's awesome. Yeah. I don't understand how you haven't played it yet. I uh, just... I, which is crazy, right? Because I like zombies and I like zombie games, so... I don't know. Not if, I, well, you're, you're a fan of zombies, zombie games, yeah. and you're also a fan of, like, like RPGs. Yeah. But not third persons. Which I understand. I cannot... Well, we talk about third person. You played like God of War. You just played like the what was the game? The recent oh, that, that was a God of War game. Yeah, I played God of War. I played Ghost of Tsushima. So I guess those count. Those are all third person games. Yeah, I don't know. You I ever played? You ever play like Metal Gear? Uh, I only one. I I wasn't a fan of the Metal Gear series either, just because third person. That those games that by themselves are a little funky. I I never was able to really get into them except for that Metal Gear Rising where you got to play as like Raiden. Yeah. Uh, who's just like a cyborg dude? That was pretty cool. Well, he says he's got a cyborg suit or like a mechanical suit, but he's huge. It's only like his like head. I don't remember the. There's like lore to that that I'm not fully aware of because I uh-huh. never dove into it. But I'm I'm fairly certain that he's like. Machine. He's like mostly machine with like a little bit of human left over, which is like the top part of his head. Because I'm pretty sure everything else is cyborg. I never played it that much. He's like Robocop, where it's like he just has like brain and heart. <laughs> uh, Murphy, right? Oh, fuck. What was his name? Um, I don't remember. Fuck. It's been a long time since I've watched Robocop. Fuck. And I've put the, I put the newest Robocop out of my memory. I didn't even watch the newest RoboCop. I didn't give it a chance. Speaking of newest RoboCop, not RoboCop related, but the um, Vin Diesel movie that's not one of the Fast and the Furious franchise ones. As an aside, I showed Marissa the that theatrical trailer that we watched. Yeah, and it was, and she herself was also like, "What the hell is happening?" <laughs> and I was like, "I, I, I know. Yeah. I'm like, this is absolutely insane." We're there with you. It's such a ridiculous, like such a ridiculous show we don't or care. movie. A bloodshot. That's what it was. Bloodshot. So it's it's a Marvel Marvel comic. It's essentially this dude who's kind of like cyborg, Vin Diesel, the but the government effectively wipes. Spoiler alert. He the government effectively wipes his resets his memory on. Who kills his wife and then like attempts to murder him and then that's like his origin story. But every time that that happens, they change, they, they change the person who does it. So that way he has like a vengeance. Oh, a new target. Like a new target every time. And then he starts to become like self-aware of what's happening. It's kind of, it's very, it's similar to like what, like similar in essence to like the Winter Soldier. Yeah. So he's just like heavily brainwashed every single time, except this time it's in the future. Like the future future where, you know. Not the now. Advanced technologies and shit. Right. I.e. cybernetics. 
Skynet. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, but anyway, that movie is so unbelievably forgettable. I don't know what happens. I can't remember anything that happens in I that movie. I don't remember it coming out. It came out like early last year, I think. But it's largely forgettable. Did he say he doesn't have friends? He has family. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole premise of it was all about family. Did you ever, you ever see that Vin Diesel interview? Uh, he did... It was with... I think I don't remember who, where it was, but it was for one of the Fast and the Furious movies. And I feel like he was like super wasted or something. No. Because he was like aggressively hitting on the, the chick who was like interviewing him. He like, he like sat down. He's like, oh my God. He's like, you're so beautiful. He's like, how can I even possibly pay attention to this? And he was like looking around the room. He's like, are you guys seeing the same thing I'm seeing? He's like, oh my God, wow. you're beautiful. He's like, it's, he's like, let's get out of here. Kind of, like, and it, it like, you can even see like the interview lady was like, um, like, is anybody gonna yeah. help me? It's so creepy. So creepy. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I'll have, I'll have to show it to you. They, Please. uh, they play it. They play like uh, sound bites from that all the time on, um, <laughs> the h3 podcast it's so it's so wild it's that like, just sounds hor- horrifying for the the interviewer dude, i don't know how that never like i don't know how that shit didn't make its rounds yeah like i've never heard of that before was it before or after paul walker's death i have no idea because oh. i'm gonna don't fully remember when paul walker died i don't remember which which of the movies it was 2017 was it that recent yeah hey google when did Paul Walker die? Yeah, be careful saying that, man. Everything Paul in this. Paul Walker died on November thirtieth, twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Yeah, I was like, it's a while. It was a while ago. I thought it was a couple. Yeah. Like eight. So yeah. Okay. Eight okay. years ago. Well, close to eight years ago. Yeah. The. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I'm guessing it was after the fact. I think. I don't know. Whatever. Regardless, I'll send it to you because it's absolutely insane. Um, send it. Send it. Speaking of insane. Want to talk about some mobility topics? Oh shit, we're recording. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I didn't make it super possible. I was I was like pointing at the screen. I thought you were just pointing at something. Oh no! Welcome back, guys. <laughs> That's how our day has gone so far. <laughs> there you go. Gotta love it. Oh uh, yeah, right. Let's talk about some fun shit. <laughs> All right, so back to the regularly scheduled programming. At least what sounds good. <laughs> God, I can't believe that happened. That's so crazy that your your laptop's mic randomly opened up. Yeah, I have no idea how or why that happened, but yeah. it did. So apologies again. We hope you enjoyed the uh, seven minutes of muffled. <laughs> yeah. It sounded like we were screaming down the hallway. We right. were actually right in front of our mics. I'm going to have to really have some fun editing that one so that way I... Uh, Don't blow eardrums We're not blowing out. out eardrums because holy crap, it's going to be loud. Yeah, <laughs> we did that to ourselves right now to <laughs> test it and my art ears almost fell off. Jesus. So anyway, uh, mobility. Yeah, mobility is a fun topic. Yeah, so I figured it would be something worthwhile to talk about. Um, it's kind of popped up a couple times through actually this week with some of the people that I've been working with. And I figured, you know what, let's uh, let's hit a couple notes yeah. of things that I commonly see done. Notes and uh, uh, um, uh, c- controversial, I guess, uh, ideas or notions about mobility. <laughs> and recommendations. And recommendations, yes. So the first one that I have on the list is uh, crushing muscles with mobility tools. Yeah. 
So the part of what kind of sparked this and kind of where I want to go with it is, you know, mobility tools. I, I use this as a way to describe like, uh, using like balls or foam rollers balls, balls. or like massage guns or, or anything or massage 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 guns um what but, about uh, the the blades too yeah that's it's that's honestly almost its own topic <laughs> like uh scraping yeah so stupid whatever anyway like graston graston has its place in my opinion but that's a that's a separate thing that if you are not trained or yeah, if you're not trained in how to do that stuff, it's the likelihood of you hurting somebody is so significantly high. Uh, I mean, you're not going to hurt somebody, but like, it'll be painful. It's going to be painful and it'll they will be painful and they will pe- feel pain for, for you extended periods of time after the fact. But that so was my bane, your bane. Yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful. Thank you. It was almost you. indistinguishable. I, he was sitting right next to me. It was actually him. Yeah. Tom Hardy. Thank you, Thomas, Love you. for being here. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay. Cool. Sorry, right, he's gone now. He left. Uh, yeah, we'll get you autographs later. Yeah. But more so, I was thinking about the the tools that the common person is going to use: foam roller, lacrosse ball, massage gun, yeah. massage massage gun, those types of things. And one of the very common things that I have to usually talk about people because I have to I have to like teach people how to use these things appropriately. In is how much pressure you should be applying to these. And the thing that kind of sparked this a little bit was a friend of mine who, you know, got a, went and got a massage from a, like a massage therapist. And he pulled up his pant leg to show me and his like entire leg is like black and blue. And wow. Yes. And I was like immediately like never go back to that person again. And he was like, I don't plan on, I'm like, and also, don't tell anybody ever to go to this person again. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, because that is wildly unacceptable. I'm like, that they are pushing so hard that they're bruising you. Because at first, I was like, did you go get cupping? Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, 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 no cupping. And I'm like, this is from hands. Like, manual therapy did that. I'm like, holy shit, that's so fucked up. Was this B? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so... <laughs> to be fair, he's already little as it is, so... Well... Size doesn't really matter in this but, situation. But I mean, for though. somebody to apply that much pressure on to create bruising like that, yeah, the guy, the guy's not like he's not he's not. We might be talking about somebody else, actually. We're talking about weightlifter. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about Dead by Daylight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're talking about the same one. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I'm saying he's not thick, like. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like so for somebody to put that much pressure on the poor guys to, <laughs> to create that bruising, that's that's a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's it was a ridic- like that's re- absolutely ridiculous. So that that should not be the case. No, that is damage. Like that's broken blood vessels for sure. So that so that's what kind of sparked a little bit of this interest. And so one of the things that I usually talk about with people when we're co- when we are or actually you know what before I even get to that another fun story another weightlifter that we know mm-hmm. um, at a previous gym mm-hmm. they um, so they had they were having some elbow issues that we were you know at Helio were helping out with shameless plug. <laughs> Then, and one of the, so we were like, okay, here's some of the stuff that you can do on your own. Like, you know, I love giving homework and for people to kind of explore and learn on their own. And so he comes in the next day and he goes, Hey, I did some of, uh, some of that rolling, um, and, uh, used to like the little massage gun and stuff. He's like, but man, I was like, I can't even close my hand. And so he like walks in and like his one arm is 
like swollen. Jesus. Like to such a noticeable point that we were we were all like, what did you do? Yeah. And he was like, oh, I was getting into it with like lacrosse ball. He's like, I was pushing super hard with that, uh, the massage gun. And we're like, no, <laughs> no, that's not how, that's not what you, that's not what you do. Uh, you didn't listen. So now let's get, do you have any fun stories about that? Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I mean, there have been a handful of people who I've talked to who say, yeah, I'm getting it in. I'm, I'm you know. It, it hurts, but you know it's working. It's, it's not working. <laughs> the pain, the pain is just going to a different location at this point. Like it, it's, it's not working. Yeah. So, the 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 quick and dirty on that is it shouldn't, like it's going to be uncomfortable. That's that's kind of a byproduct of of the situation. Uh, but if you are, and this is what I tell kids when I'm working with kids and we're doing some rolling, is if you're making funny faces, you're going too hard. And by that, I mean, if you're like wincing, it's too much. Yeah. So the, I like to think of this as like, I know we've talked about this like continuum with, uh, with CrossFit where it's like, you know, sickness, wellness, fitness, Mm -hmm. there's kind of this like same scale. And so if you're thinking of like a semi-circle where, you know, five is at the very, the, the peak of the circle and then 10 is on the other side, you want to stay kind of under like a five on the pain tolerance. Now, I know everyone's going to be a little bit different on how much pain they can handle. So whatever your five is, that just for sake of, let's just assume that. Yeah. And the problem is, is when you are starting to push really, really hard or you are putting a significant amount of effort or you're going, like you're rolling on something that's really hard, like a lacrosse ball or any anything else that's going to be super tough. Like right. I see people using like the ends of barbells to like roll out their quads. Yeah. Or the corners of the rig or. Yeah. Yeah. That is the, when you start pushing so, so much over into that kind of like, you know, that three to five or anything over that, generally speaking, your body is starting to perceive that stuff as like damage Mm -hmm. or, and so what'll normally happen is it gets almost like a a fight response. So it'll start to like seize up. It'll start to tighten up because it thinks that it's effectively under, under attack. So more is definitely not better in this situation because more oftentimes like the two situations that I just, that we just referenced you're more likely to cause more damage. You're likely to cause bruising, which shouldn't be the case, or swelling, which shouldn't be the case, yeah. um, which is a byproduct of damage. And then you, uh, you'll you also likely tighten up more and s- be then even more so significantly reduce your any range of motion or any potential added benefits that you might have gotten from it. Mm-hmm. So much so. And, and so one of the things that like we teach is that you're really not necessarily affecting the muscle itself. I mean, you kind of are, but at the same time, you're not. Uh, what we what we kind of teach at, like at Helio, again, shameless plug, is it's you're really affecting like the nervous system. And this isn't just the you know our meth like our secret sauce method methodology. Like this is from studies, right? And what you're trying to effectively do is kind of like you're sli- you're trying to slightly, slightly. Again, slightly <laughs> overload the that area and the nervous system in there to kind of almost force force or coax a shutdown, in the sense of you're trying to overload the nerve the nervous system in this specific spot, so that way it will break the contraction that is being held up wherever that ca- wherever that spot might be. And so generally, after you do some rolling, you'll start to get effectively a a, a, a increase in range of motion through that joint or generally ideally sometimes a decrease in pain sensations largely because 
joints can move in their appropriate range of motion at that point. And that's largely it. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, we, we, I think I'm pretty sure we've mentioned this in the past, especially about rolling out mobility is, you know, like you were saying, the wincing, it, it, it should be uncomfortable, but it shouldn't be painful. Yes. It should never be painful. And, and, you know, for those of you who are saying, oh, you know, uh, you know, the, the pain that I feel is is releasing, you know, the pain from the others. It's like, no, like, again, it's just that's just a pressure spot for the pain. Now, it's not you're not doing the healthy recovery by releasing anything. You're just applying more pressure to a spot that's already contracted, trying to protect yourself and then therefore contracting more muscles, protecting or swelling, essentially swelling your body up more not giving you the release you need. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, effectively more is not better in when it comes to pressure and rolling. Yeah, dude. And I, re- and I remember like when I first started doing CrossFit, the, the gym that I was at, we just had straight up PVC pipes with like duct tape rolled on it for friction. <laughs> and that's what we used to roll on. Right. And like, I didn't know any better. And definitely the people who were teaching me this didn't know any better. And they were just like, yeah, it's going to hurt. You just got to do it. Yeah. You just got to like roll on it and bear through the pain. And I just remember always being like so much more sore and be like, man, I don't, I don't know if this is right. Like this doesn't feel good. Yeah. And I, it, I knew it wasn't, I, I did something similar with the barbell, right? Um, previous coaches had told me, yeah, just roll the barbell across your quads. Like, you know, it'll, it'll help roll you out. The first time I did it, I was in pain. I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> how is this going to relieve my pain? It's giving me more pain. This so, is torture. Yeah. So I, I learned like, not to apply as much pressure and, and hold the dumbbell head over while rolling it. And, and I mean, that helped, but then it was like, why am I being an idiot? Just grab a fucking foam roller. Yeah, no, for sure. So there's the, the, the TLDR is the, or sorry, actually, before I even go into that, God, there, there is kind of just like strength. There's kind of a continuum when you can look at like the tools that are going to be used. And if you've never done rolling before, you, you got to start, so start off with something soft, right? The, like an, a literal foam roller. Yeah. Because it's going to allow you to manage the pressure appropriately, whether it's you supporting yourself a little bit more or just the fact that you're rolling on something that has give to it. So that way you're not, again, wincing in pain, which mm-hmm. is what we're trying to avoid. So start with something lighter. As your body starts to adapt and you're actually able to like recoup, or not recoup, but actually handle that type of stimulus, then you can usually see like a little bit of a progression into something that might be a little bit tougher. So whether that's one of those like grid foam rollers that are a little bit harder or a higher density foam roller, definitely don't do what I was doing when I was younger and using just a PVC pipe with duct tape on it or a barbell rolling or, it straight across or necessarily a barbell. And they get with the barbell stuff, like you totally could do it, Yeah, but it's something that you have to almost kind of build up to. Yeah. Like I can, I can throw a barbell on my thigh and there's certain points where I'm like, okay, it, it doesn't feel great. But I, I also am very active in doing rolling. Like I roll often. Yeah. Um, the other thing with rolling too, that I often see kind of messed up is the rolling, the rolling is the action. I want you to think of as the action of searching for tender spots. Whenever you do kind of find one of those tender spots, that's the point where you want to kind of stop, stop, stay on it and maintain pressure. Again, appropriate pressure to maybe a point where if it's at like a three or a four, it drops down a level. So if you're at like, okay, this is about a four out of 10. And then you start to feel like, okay, it dropped down to maybe a three. Perfect. Move on. Right. Search for the next spot, next spot, because you're, you're not going to fix it today. Yeah. Um, it's going to take time. 
Yeah. And the other part to it too is it's not, and th this is something that I tell all of my clients is if you're going to be doing the homework and you're going to be doing like the, the mobility work on your own, the goal is not necessarily to do one 45 minute session once a week, getting it all in, in one day might feel pretty decent and feel pretty good that day, but it's not going to let, give you the lasting effect that you really want. The real goal is more so to do small bouts throughout the week if you can. So whether that's like three to five, three to five times a week, or I mean, if you could do it every day, that'd be amazing. Yeah. But it's about having consistent stimulus to consistently tell your body, your nervous system to relax this muscles, these muscles. And if you can do that, that's you're going to start to see like significant gains fairly quickly through like ranges of motion um, and being able to actually like get into positions a little bit better. More often than not, the people that I see are usually coming in for like because they have pain. And so usually after like consistency with this, you can then have the, your joints start to move through the appropriate ranges of motion. You start getting better muscle activation and you tend to move better as a whole. So you start getting better just overall like motor recruitment patterns and just move better movement patterns themselves. Um, kind of best example of that. Sorry, I'm like rambling. So stop me at any point in time. <laughs> oh, I was just going to touch on uh, because um, we were talking about tools. Um, uh, one of the, um, the massage guns, right? The repeater guns, you're not, they're not meant for you to push into your body. <laughs> yeah. The head is motorized. It's, you, you cannot push or squeeze that head into your muscles because what you do is you end up jamming the gun and you have to send it back. And most companies only give you one free fix before they fucking start charging you. Cause you're an idiot. <laughs> like it even says on the box, do not force the pressure onto the gun onto your leg like it's a repeater it's meant to hit the muscle rapidly over time you're not meant to dig into it like that that's what foam rollers are for that's you know this is more i, I feel the gun is more of a topical or surface muscle relaxer rather than <laughs> than than something deeper if it's deeper the gun's not going to do it yeah, I think that with a gun, I find that there's certain there's certain spots or places on the body that it can have like pretty decent effect, and it's usually the ones that you can reach. Yeah. So you know you can look at like your pecs, you can look at your thighs, you can look at the calves potentially, but exactly what Eric's saying, like it's not something you're supposed to lean into. Yeah. Because you have to think like the head of the head of those those guns, they they move certain distances, right? And so that's kind of and it's a fair, usually they're a fairly strong motor. So if you're now pushing further into it, you're even you're you're putting more pressure into a very specific spot as that gun is starting to come down. And just like with the roller putting too much pressure into it, you're thinking of like, you know, those some of those things will I don't know what the cycle speeds of them are, but let's say 500 uh, that might be a lot. That might be a lot. Let's say 200 cycles a minute. Right? So that thing's moving up and down 200 times. So now you're putting pressure into it, you're now having the head of that gun on the down the downstroke of that thing pushing deeper than it probably should which is you know technically maybe on that like eight or nine on that pain scale though yeah. it's so fast you don't feel it say 200 times in a minute yeah so that's kind of a bad idea <laughs> yeah and oftentimes that's where you start to see people like bruising from it yeah, yeah. which um i have seen and we have seen at other gyms yeah or people are just like trying to like leaning over into their thighs and you just hear like the motor, like, like it starts, it starts yeah. Get that slow it gets, hum. Yeah. It sounds like it's stuck and it's like, that's yeah. essentially what happens. Yeah. And so 
that's not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, just take that into consideration, guys. Like, you're paying, you know, fuck, I don't know, uh, 300 and up for a Hypervolt or a, or a Theragun. Like, don't be stupid. Read the box. It says do not apply forceful pressure to the body. <laughs> don't, you know, from a monetary standpoint, don't fuck your toy up. From a physical standpoint, don't fuck your body up. Yeah. Like, there's, there's no need for it. It's topical. Don't, yeah. It's though you don't you don't need to do it. it again. It's 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 supposed it's supposed to coax you into it. Yes, like you're trying to coax those muscles into relaxing and yes. chilling out. So take it easy, and uh, you'll you'll thank you'll thank us later. Yeah, because you'll you like I said you'll get the progress faster. And if you're rolling out while listening to this, good for you. Good job. Yeah, highly recommend. Absolutely. The uh, it's it's absolutely amazing. Even still, like how many people I meet that that's not an active part of their like fitness routine let alone people who like some of the people that are in like competitive quote-unquote competitors Mm -hmm. and i was like oh you know this you know they'll come up and they'll talk to me and they're like oh this thing's going on or whatever and i'm like all right awesome like what do you do for like any like recovery or like mobility work and they're stretch yeah they're like they're like sometimes i'll do rom one (laughs) and i'm like okay anything else yeah and like no like okay what how (laughs) Like, what? Yeah. Like there, there's a, there's a certain, there's a, uh, a certain part of me that goes that also you know has the little bit of that belief of like movement is medicine in a lot of ways, and movement is good. There's great when you when you move well, uh, even if you're limited in range of motion, that that kind of will that progresses you eventually. But the tools are very helpful to significantly increase the rate at which you move better, mm-hmm. or you have the ability to move better, I should say. It's not a guarantee. Uh, like a perfect example of this is there's a guy that I'm working with right now who his primary complaint was both of his knees. And like the way that he described his knees was, I mean, it sounded like like a 90-year-old dude who has been like running marathons all day, yeah. every day. And he, that's he didn't do anything like he didn't really do much outside of he recently started doing Ramwad and like I shit you not two two sessions which was two sessions that we did part one was like teaching him the basics of like how to do some movement how to do some activation exercises session two was to teach him how to actually like move and certain certain things that were bothering him so I kind of taught him how to do a step up. I kind of helped reteach him how to do some squatting and gave him some progressions to work on from there. And the next time that I saw him, he was like, he was like, it's still there. Uh, cause and I was like, I, that makes sense. Like yeah. I, I told him up, up front, like you've been dealing with this for almost his entire, like almost his entire life. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not going to be fixed today and probably not tomorrow. And it's going to be, it's going to take some time, but he was like, I can work out again. He's like, I can literally, he's like, I don't almost don't have to stress about how I'm going to feel after certain things. He's like, I can squat, I can run, I can do the things that I would literally avoid because it hurts so bad. Yeah. Uh, And I was just afraid of, or he was afraid of what his body would say or feel after doing a workout to the point where, yeah, like you said, he, he was just avoiding things. And like literally all I did was show him how, like show him where he needed to do some of his rolling, um, how to feel certain muscles. And then also as that started to progress, how to actually do some of these movements appropriately as he started to gain like new ranges of motion. Yeah. 
And what's crazy, right, is this is an older gentleman, right? No, no, this guy's this guy's young. Oh, he's young. Yeah, he's in his he's thir- like in his early thirties. Oh shit, so he's our age. Yeah, and he's fuck, he's hurting that bad. It was crazy. I was, I was gonna say like, I, <laughs> there's people our age now, but everybody's who doesn't do we get the same reactions, the same responses. Like, oh, I avoid this movement because I this hurts, and it's like, what do you do for it? When did this happen? What did you do for it? Oh, Ramwan or oh. I iced it or, Oh, uh, I just rested. It's like, as you said, you know, you and I are both advocates of movement for the sake of movement and health. Like, you know, if let's say the workout was Karen, right. 150 wall balls, it's squats and essentially it's the squat and the thruster. Your, your lactic acid is going to be enormous by the end of that workout and the days after. Mm -hmm. If, if you can't roll out, you should squat or at least quarter squat just to get back in the rhythm but move your legs squeeze and squeeze and exert those those muscles again to get the blood flowing back in but a lot of people are just like oh i just took two days off and i just sat there or i you know i walked or i tried rolling out but it was too painful it's like you gotta do something yeah you know well post workout like something like that movement is one of your best friends yeah like so the the assuming it's not the dom, like doms in the sense of like because of general muscle damage but it's just like extreme fatigue from like just high repetition type of stuff movement is fantastic so you know you get these you get these byproducts of you know energy metabolism so eric referenced lactic acid right byproduct byproduct of energy ex- energy being expended in the body on a cellular level uh, but movement is one of those things where you need to it's not necessarily just getting blood flow which it is i mean it is largely but you do want to get blood flow into the into the areas, but it's also you want to you get the lymphatic system to move. The lymphatic system you can think of as essentially the garbage disposal of the body. So, but it's also a passive system in the sense that if you think about say like your heart, your heart is it actively does its thing, like it just moves by itself. You can consciously affect it. You have muscles, you can consciously affect them, you know, if when you're walking, you're moving around. The lymphatic system is the lymphatic system is needed or it needs muscular movement to actually get flow and movement through that system. So when your legs are super sore, go for a walk. It doesn't have to be a run. Like you don't have to do a workout, but literally just like casually walk around the block, listen to some music or, you know, take in the sights wherever you're at, (laughs) but just some movement is fantastic. Um, there's, that's kind of like, you know, whether like when we were in PE, when we were younger, whether we knew it or not, but like that concept of like walking it off type of thing. Now that usually applied to injury. So not always the (laughs) case, but like, that's the, that's kind of almost the mentality that you want. You're like, Oh, I'm pretty sore. Cool. Walk it off. Yeah. Literally. And that, and that will help so much and so significantly in reducing kind of the soreness that you're feeling, uh, fantastically. (laughs) Like, that's kind of it. Yeah. Move. Well, one of my athletes, uh, uh, Jerry, in, in the morning class, he'll get, you know, I'll, I'll give him, a, I try to give him about five minutes uh, to cool down before the class is up. And he hops on the bike after he's done wiping everything down. And he'll go for a cool down ride just to keep his arms and legs moving. Cool downs. Yeah. He, he, you know, I, I was like, you know, I, I'm all for it. And I, I watched him do it one time. I think I can't remember if I recommended it to him, but I, you know, I try to tell him like, Hey, like, keep, take, just take credit for it. I, I'll take credit for <laughs> it. But like, you know, just keep moving. Like I know after the workout, you're tired. You want to lay down, catch your breath. That's cool. Drink your water, drink your protein shake, whatever you're going to do, wipe your stuff down, but actively move around. Don't, don't 
try not to sit for too long. Don't be stagnant for too long. Just get your body moving. Let, let you know, let that blood flow keep going, even if it's slower. Keep your heart rate down. It, you know, you don't have to exert, but you should keep moving. Yeah, I mean, I d- I don't know the all of the specific things that came from this study, but they did. I believe it was a it was just a straight subjective feedback, and they tested cooldowns cooldowns after a workout and they found like subjectively that people who didn't do a cooldown tended to be significantly more sore than the people who did do a cooldown and what i don't remember how they did it so you know don't quote me too much on this one i think it was they did like almost like a like movement based cooldown with uh whether i don't remember if it was like they did some stretching or if they like rode like if, i think it was a bike ride that they did the test on there's some interval biking and then they rode the bike to cool down, which was like, you know, bringing their heart rate back to a relative norm as well as like trying to get their body temperature to come back down as well. I think that was the case. And yeah, they just, they found subjective feedback that the, that they didn't feel as bad. They felt better following days, which technically does help when it comes to like reestablishing muscle protein synthesis to be able to rebuild muscles appropriately. So there's there's positive benefits to actually taking some time to cool down. I don't know how we got even got onto this topic, but <laughs> how we get to all topics. That's anyway. fair. <laughs> so random <laughs> random ramblings. Yeah, but anyway, do some cool downs if you can. It doesn't yeah. have to be long, but no. Again, it could be a walk. Yeah, you can like finish your workout and like instead of going straight to your car and leaving, like take a lap around the block. Yeah, and then get into your car. Yeah, like. It's magic can happen. Yeah. It, I mean, if you have space outside, you know, do a couple laps right in front of the gym. Just just walk. Walk. Drink your shake. Drink your water. Grab some friends. Walk with them. Yeah. Breathe. Breathe air. <laughs> air. air. <laughs> speaking, speaking of, did you like that uh, that photo that I sent you from Ace Ventura? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going through all of the like backed up photos that I have on my like Google photos thing and random things are popping That's up. That's the one I was and on that, there. that was one of them. It was one of very many. And then I was going through, I was like, what is this? And how did I find it? All the, do you remember Joseph Coney? No. He was, uh, I guess, I forget where he was from. I don't know, somewhere. But I guess like a dude from some organization, some world i think a terrorist organization mm-hmm. there's all these like stories about him being like a like child like child like captives and uh creating like militant children what and stuff fuck? like that from like yeah i don't remember it's like the congo or something like that oh okay this sounds more familiar yeah i don't i don't remember but i had a bunch of like memes of joseph coney jesus christ so <laughs> what where young ryan's mind was gold mine gold gold mind of things <laughs> so uh next one that we had or i should say do you have anything else you want to add on to the don't you know crushing your muscles no i think we nailed it i mean you know we went a little nailed off topic it. but i think a little uh, <laughs> significantly off topic you know i i think we applied the right amount of pressure to it <laughs> nice <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> so good so the next one that I have is uh, static stretching makes you weak. It does. It does. Actually, it does, which it is kind of fun. <laughs> so th- this is a very common argument. Well, this will play into a very common argument that I generally get. Um, but as it relates to like warm-ups. Yeah. So one of the big things that 
research re- research has kind of shown time and time and time again is when you sit too long in static stretching, it has a kind of pseudo deactivation of the muscles. So they've done a bunch of different studies on this where, you know, people would stretch their quads or stretch their glutes or hamstrings or something like that. And then usually perform a test. And it's usually like major muscles. And when they would go and then try and perform after the fact that they would usually see a fairly, or not a fairly significant, but a noticeable decrease in power output and strength. And part of that is because it kind of deactivates the the organs within the muscles that tell them to contract or lengthen. And so because of the the lack of communication that can happen essentially from the brain to the muscles, you're not able to respond appropriately. So especially if you're like a field sport type of person, doing too much static stretching beforehand, as you're say going to go into like practice, say like football, for example, you just have a higher likelihood of finding yourself in compromising positions without the ability to produce enough force raising the likelihood of potential injury right and so that's not to say that's that static stretching is bad and it's not also to say that it's going to make you infinitely weak or forever weak yeah but there is a noticeable difference from the 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 cessation of doing your stretching to the sport or activity that you're ever whatever you're about to do whether it's weightlifting or lifting in general um, and that usually lasts for, I don't remember how long, but it lasts for a little bit of time after the fact. And then, you know, your body comes kind of back to normal and you can kind of have maximal or whatever, whatever your maximal output mm-hmm. is when it comes to stretching yeah. or your muscles. Sorry. Um, a, a coach of mine related it to me as uh, um, when you do static stretching, it's like uh, before lifting, it's like uh, like taking a rubber band and pulling all the elasticity out of it. Because your muscles are, they're supposed to like expand and retract uh, or expand and contract and do those powerful motions and, and give you higher power outlet or output. But if you stretch, you take away the elasticity, you don't have that anymore. Yeah. So, you know. No, yeah. that's a really good analogy. Yeah. And that that's effectively what's happening. And so I see that a lot, you know, where, and I bump heads with people pretty often about this in whether or not you should do any stretching in beforehand and i by default have to kind of fall to fall fall to what research tells me uh largely because i want to try and give you know evidence-based things to anybody that i'm going to be working with and again that's to that's not to say that stretching is bad there's no it's it's not a bad thing in its own it's just when are you doing it is kind of the the thing to be had And and how long and how long yeah and so when I, you know, if we're ever going to do any stretching, like static stretching, always, you know, we can do it after the fact, after the muscles are loose, after the muscles have some, like they're warm, they have some blood flow to them. Like they're more able to handle that, handle like stretch to it. Um, excuse me. And so, but beforehand, everything, you know, what we just said, like, even if the, the effect is nominal at best, there's a risk reward to it. And in my opinion, the risk of potential injury is not worth the effort of doing static stretching, especially when there's so many other things that you can do in advance mm-hmm. or instead of. Yeah. So I know before this, we were kind of talking about like doing like dynamic warmups. Yeah. And that's, that's the place to go in my opinion. That's, you know, that's, that's been my big, uh, go-to for a lot of warmups in my coaching years. 
Um, I, I still do it now. I, you know, I, I'll see the workout and uh, I'll plan my own warm up. And very rarely will there be a static stretch hold longer than five seconds. Um, it's typically like what I'll have them do just, just because for safety and it's warm, like the Cossack squat. I want them to reach that depth and I want them to take it slow, but I never want them to hold for too long. So the stretch will, you know, elongate to three to five seconds for them to come back up, but it's not like they're holding that position at the bottom of the, of the Cossack squat. I don't want them down there. I want them to hit it and come back up, switch to the other side. Um, but, you know, dynamic, I, I love dynamic because not only does it give your body the the minute stretching it needs before working out it also warms up the muscle it warms it moves the blood flow um it also if you know done accordingly to what's planned for the day it gets you somewhat prepped for the movements following yeah whereas static doesn't doesn't really do do any of that yeah and and so for if you don't know what dynamic like a dynamic stretch is which i kind of hate that that's kind of what it's called, but whatever. <laughs> you just called dynamic movement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or it, warm up. <laughs> yeah. It's it's effectively you are you like Eric was saying, like a Cossack squat. Or for the sake of the exa- for the sake of this example, let's just say an air a regular squat. <laughs> just because I don't want to explain what that is. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm being lazy, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh but just like a regular squat. And so the idea there is you can take yourself towards, you know, your kind of end range of motion but you're not sitting there holding it trying to force force a stretch. So it's kind of you're you're getting to an end range where your muscles are at at the moment, giving it a little bit of that, giving your brain some of that signaling that it needs to be like, okay, this is where we're going. You're now taking your joints through range of motion as well. Again, not forcing or not holding anything. And so that allows, again, you know, pumping, pumping of the blood vessels, pumping of the muscles to get blood flow, to get warmer. I mean, that's the, the purpose of a warm up is to actually warm up. And that's a huge aspect to it too, is just to actually get the body's, the body's core temperature to raise appropriately. So that way, you know, on top of not just like, not just getting the muscles a little bit ready, but again, because it gets the joints, right? You start moving through range of motion, you start getting the synovial fluid within the joints to kind of literally lubricate your joints. Um, we've all felt the creaky knees or the creaky, oh, ankle, God, yeah. you know, the creaky ankles when we wake up in the morning, cause we haven't moved in X amount of hours. Like that's what that is. And so as you start to walk, you're like, okay, and I am better, mm-hmm. right? You know, 10 steps out of the bed and you're like, all right, and my things, uh, like, you know, my things feel better. I've made it to the bathroom. I can squat now. <laughs> you squat to pee, you sit down to pee too? Hey, whatever's comfortable in the morning. No shame in the game. No, nah, zero. You know, I, uh, I hate the fact that some of these, some dudes are not okay admitting that. I, hey, insecurities, man. Dude, sometimes I'm super tired. I don't want to stand and aim. Agree. Again, I agree. Or sometimes it's early, like you know, like or I got early. I got to get up at four forty-five. I'm not trying to turn the lights on, and I just want to wander to the bathroom. Like, oh, okay, cool, found my seat, and then let it go. I'll just yeah. relax. Like, yeah, you just get to sit there and yeah. just like slowly wake up. Yeah, you know, right. Otherwise, you gotta like, you gotta pay attention. Yeah, so you're you not gotta, pissing you on the floor. Aim. Yeah, you gotta aim. It's the worst. Or, or like you know, I live I live with a girl, yeah. So I have to lift up the seat, yeah. Right, and now I don't want to have to lean over, no. To like have to pick it up, like, and, and then you got to put the seat back, down. and then you got to put the seat back down, yeah. right? And like I'm tired, so like I'm especially if I wake up in the middle of the middle yeah. of the night, like my like I don't know my own strength, so I'm just like flipping toilet or, seats up, or worse, you just let it drop, and oh, it's and even, then you let it drop, yeah, right, and then and it's like that that like weird um 
you get start you start getting like nervous you're like okay there's too much shit happening right now like am i about to wake up more than i need to yeah right like you're trying to do the absolute bare minimum to like stay to stay asleep just off the edge mm-hmm. of like sleep mm-hmm. so the second that head hits the pillow you are out again i've done that so many times <laughs> where I just like you know you open open your eyes a little too wide and you're like fuck i'm up that's it yeah yeah you're it's you're always kind of like wincing Ugh. like your eyes are just just ever so open like just enough to make sure you don't wake up that was me last night i did not get a good night's sleep last night which is why i'm like for the most of the day i've been pretty exhausted yeah but like i woke up at 12 because like my water intake has been it's i've increased my water intake by tenfold over the last two weeks just because it's been hot out well it's been hot out but i've been trying to get my water up i've been trying to eat healthier and and drink more water and i saw you know naturally i gotta pee all the time i woke up at like 12 2 o'clock between that and i made the mistake of like touching my phone to see what time it was and then you get blinded and i got blinded so my eyes opened up and i was like oh man i gotta pee so like i walked to the bathroom with eyes wide open instead of like you know closing them and like squinting and making my vision back to dark and that was it as i was just like fuck i'm up my brain is on I want to do some research into that because I, I feel like I wonder if there's like something to that of like you know, opening your eyes yeah. all the way if that has like an actual effect. on I don't it. know, man. It seems to be my downfall. Well, that I feel like that's such a common thing. Yeah. Like it's a it's one of these are all like these things that we all do, but no one ever talks about. Yeah. So I'm glad we're I'm glad we're here breaking the stereotype, <laughs> breaking the mold, talking about our either early morning or middle of the night pee routines. Yeah. Yeah. What we do and don't, the do's and don'ts of peeing in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, an, it's its own episode. <laughs> so, again, wonderful tangent. But for the dudes out there, take a seat and pee because it's pretty awesome. Yeah. You're, you're, you're not going to regret it. Promises. Yeah. So, anyway, back to warm ups. <laughs> so, we've all felt those like those creaky joints when wherever like we're waking up or, and, and that, Part of that is like when we start moving, we start getting the, again, the synovial fluid go back into those joints. And so that's a huge part of the warm up. And especially if you're a coach that coaches classes, whether you're a morning, a morning class person or a evening class person, mm-hmm. you got to put that, put some of this stuff into perspective is either people are like straight up rolling out of bed, showing up to the gym still with that, like winced or like not winced, but like semi-closed eyes as they're walking in at, you know, when it's still dark outside yeah, or People have been sitting, likely, have been just sitting all day, not really moving. And so that by its own is like they're going to be stiff. Yeah. I remember having this conversation with somebody, well, with an old uh, coach at my old gym. And we were talking, they were asking why I always do a lot of ankle stuff with one of the ladies that I would come in or that would come in. Mm. And I was like, okay, I'm like, when we're done, I was like, pay attention to how she's dressed when she leaves. And she would wear these high ass heels all the time. And I was like, that's why I'm like, she's walking, she's walking around in high heels, effectively shortened calf the entire time, all day, all day, whether she's sitting down, whether she's walking around, it doesn't really matter, but she, her toes are always pointed. Mm -hmm. And so her entire day is with a shortened calf muscle. And so I have to put emphasis into the very beginnings of this because if I want her to be able to squat appropriately, lunge appropriately, like whatever the case may be, I need to get her ankles to be able to move well enough to be able to go through those ranges of motion so that way we can have effective workouts for everything else. Yeah. 
Otherwise, you're going to be like all like, you know, otherwise you're going to be like all of those people who are like, well, I can't squat without my lifting shoes. Yeah. Well, that's a problem. Yeah. Like that's something that needs to be addressed. So that's again, that's it. That's its own goddamn tangent. Yeah. So we're going to try another episode. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Shoes is its own episode in its entirety. We have to bring Irving in on that one. <laughs> Not just about the aesthetics of shoes, oh, but actually oh. like the quality of like the what science, what, what your shoes are doing <laughs> to your feet. Uh, which actually is probably a video that we're going to be making pretty soon oh, there for, you go. for Helio. Nice. So be on the lookout anyway. So, but that, that's kind of it, right? Like I think dynamic, dynamic movements are going to be your best friend whenever you are trying to like warm yourself up for workouts, mm-hmm. whatever that's going to be. And so you can think of stuff like, uh, like doing some squatting, like doing some Cossack squats, like Eric was talking about, assuming you, you know, you, you, know can, you can actually do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, pulling, like doing some of those like knee where you pull your knee up into your chest, going for like, uh, like toe walk, like toe walks or heel walks, yeah. doing like RDLs. Like you know, there's, there's things that you can take your body through easy range of motion, you know, elbow to instep rotations or, you know, lunges can potentially even be part of like a part of a, a decent warm up. riding a bike. Right. I, I hate, I'm not a huge fan of like, all right, we're going to go for a jog to warm up. Cause I feel like that's super lazy. Yeah. But so there's a case there's a case to be made that that might be something worthwhile to do for like a very light easy jog right nice easy 200 talking pace yeah yeah right or hopping on the row or hopping on the bike like there you know th- that cyclical nature where you don't really have to think too much about it is something that can be really easy to like get the process started just to kind of get some of that creakiness out of the body and then go into the more dynamic movements so they can actually like loosen up a more appropriately yeah and then going back to the rolling, you can easily do some rolling beforehand. Oh, yeah. That also helps prime the body a little mm-hmm. bit. So do that and then uh, you know, do your warm-up and here's one for you. Ooh, here's, let's go. Here's one for you. Um, we've seen this. Oh, oh, boy. What is your opinion on it? The torso twist, as we know it, at the bottom of the squat. Static or dynamic? Oh, were you like going squat down and you do like one of those? Yeah. Hmm. I feel like there's a decent case to be made for both. I think there's a, I think there's a, the bigger, the bigger issue with that is most people can't get into a deep squat with a good position to then try and start twisting their spine with it. All right. So that's where, that's where I was at with it. Hell yeah. Yeah. God, we're so awesome. (laughs) And therefore you're struggling to, find that position so you're essentially sitting in that static position for an extended period of time while making your torso a dynamic movement but your hips and legs and yeah like if you're if you're sinking to the bottom of a squat and kind of what so what eric's talking about is effectively if you think of a air squat or a regular body weight squat you sink all the way down lowest point that you can and then say uh you grab your right ankle with your left hand and with that you kind of twist yourself so you're opening up your chest towards the inside of your right leg and kind of trying to bring your arm up to the ceiling so the idea behind that is it's mostly going to be lar- like largely what people do that for is because they're trying to like open up the spine mm-hmm. right get some rotation through your spine but to sink to the bottom of your squat just to sink to the bottom of your squat if you don't have like fantastic range of motion 
that in itself is effectively a static stretch. Yeah. Right. So you're putting your your hamstrings, your glutes a little bit on stretch. You're putting your calves significantly on stretch. <laughs> um, assuming that you are assuming that you you know you're limited in some capacity in all of those areas, and then you're having the dynamic nature of the of your spine to a certain degree. But what's happened? The thing I don't like that movement all that much. I hate it. Uh, yeah, it's only because there's so many other things that you can do. I agree. You don't need to squat to do a torso twist. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, an, an easy one that I do with a lot of people in situations like this. And like, again, there's, there's, there's also arguments to be made about like lunging in the idea that like you have to kind of teach how to people how to lunge and a lot of people don't lunge right. Yeah. But again, it's own tangent. But I think, uh, you know, a lunge, if you have the capacity to be able to do this appropriately, like a lunge with a twist is a great way to go about that. Right. Or when you can do like, you know, you think about like high school or, you know, if you're ever, if you ever played a sport, like you see, you see people will do like those like grapevines or karaoke's or whatever, mm-hmm. like you're doing some like lateral movement with some twisting through your back. Right. Um, you can do, there's so many, like literally just standing there doing just twists. Yeah. Like that's it. That's an easy thing to do. So there, there's so many other options that aren't going to force people into likely range of mo- ranges of motion that are that they can't really obtain, and then trying to have them do some other like wonky stuff on top of it. It's like what what the risk? It's not even a risk reward. It's just like what can be done better. Yeah, it's it's a it's a you look at it and you go why? Yeah, why? And like I can understand a why. Like, have you ever heard of Ido Portal? No. So, uh, Ido Portal, he was actually like a trainer for like Conor McGregor when he was like coming up for some of his like big fights against like, uh, Habib or okay. Khabib. Yeah. And, but he, he's like a Capoeira guy, um, Brazilian dude who is like this, he does a lot of like, it's very much like movement and flow. And that's, I actually saw that for the first time through him. And he's a dude who's like got wild mobility and wild range of motions and stuff, but he practices that and he can, he can, I'm fairly confident he can actually touch his, his ass to grass if he were to try and actually like just squat that low. Mm-hmm. So that's a person who has like the, is like on the pinnacle of what is mobility. Like, you know, not assuming like a ballerina or right. stuff like that, but for like the normal person or the unspecialized person. And that's something that he can do well because he can get into those positions. And if uh, you're just kind of an average Joe and Jane who just works out, you know, for, for fun. And maybe that's not a dig. It's probably not the best thing for you to do. Yeah. In my opinion, you could do something else. There's so many th- other things you can do that will get rotation. That will get you squatting. Um, that will get the ankles and the hips uh, warmed up. That'll get your spine warmed up, get your trunk warmed up, like uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Won't leave you stagnant. We'll get the blood flowing, get the heart rate up. Yeah. Get the lungs pumping. Yeah. <laughs> Like, do you, do you, ever, you remember when there was, like, the big craze for, like, you know, you should try and sit into a squat for, like, five minutes a day? Yes. So I tried to do that because I was like, I have great range of motion. Like, I can do that. And the first thing that started happening was my feet start going numb. What a weird ride. Yeah. That uh, I'm cutting off blood flow sitting that low into a squat for so long. Mine, I felt like I overstretched my adductors when I was when I tried sitting in that for that long. Probably. Yeah. I, when I came out of it, I was like, oh, like, oh my God. That does not feel good at all. Yeah. And then you're walking funky for yes. like you're a couple like, hours yeah, after Yeah, you're like fact. saddle walking. Yeah, it's that, fucking stupid. That's the fact that's effectively what just happened. Yeah. So. Dumbest shit ever. Point being, there's a time and place for static stretching. 
there's a time and place for the I guess the duration of static stretching as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And it's not before a workout, or it's not for before a warm up or for a warm up. Mm-hmm. And the other p the other part too, I guess while we're on the topic of static stretching, is uh it's it's sl- like long and slow is one of the things if you really ever want to make big changes to it. 30 seconds isn't going to do shit. Maybe a little bit, but it's not like it's not going to be a long enough effective change. Mm. And so the one of the biggest issues and I learned this actually from um I learned this from a gym, uh, a gymnast and it's <clears throat> Jesus. The, the gymnast names was Jesus. Yeah, his name was Jesus then a cough. Mm. It's very interesting. Nice. I don't know where he was from. Yeah. The Eastern Bloc somewhere. Probably. But he he was talking about when we are looking at like these stretches, the idea is not to go with like say a hamstring stretch, right? You sit in both feet together, go to the floor, lean over as far as you can. You're not trying to pull yourself into that hard stretch because just like rolling, when you are, your body has organs with your muscles have organs attached to them. So it's, uh, let's see if I can remember this correctly. There's two of them. It's a Golgi tendon organ or a Golgi tendon organ, depending on who you, who it is. <laughs> and, uh, the muscle spindles, one of them, I can't remember which one, uh, does limits the amount of, of how much your muscle will stretch. Um, and that's a protective mechanism. And so when you are pulling your pulling, like say your hamstring stretch super hard, you're a- effectively activating this organ to prevent the muscle from stretching too much because it's one, not accustomed to that. And so it's perceiving that as potential damage. And so it's going to pull back against it to try and stop it from hurting, hurting you, hurting yourself. Uh, right. We've all, we've all rolled an ankle yeah. and that's effectively a forced stretch where the muscle or the tendon, sorry, this organ wasn't capable of preventing that to happen. And so the muscle gets elongated more than what it should be. And therefore you roll an ankle. Mm-hmm. So the idea with like, say like hamstring stretch for something like that is like, you would want to sit in that where you kind of like rolling, honestly, where it's maybe like a two or a three on that stretch scale or that sensation of stretching where you kind of barely feel it and you're just kind of slowly trying to coax these organs to just relax, let it elongate just a little bit more, a little bit more. And I mean, like contortionists, like that's not a, that's not just a disease that allows like hyperflexibility. Like you can train your body to be able to do those things. I know people who have, but it's that long, slow, methodical approach to effectively progressing, progressing your stretch over time long time by the way so yeah if you want to be a contortionist you totally can it just takes time <laughs> it's long low and slow yeah like a crock pot yep uh, at high heat at high heat yeah yep yeah. for eight hours eight eight you know eight hours depending yeah gotta really braise that beef you have to make it keep it moist but make it tender make it tender fork fork tender oh god fork tenderloin a fork <laughs> Sign me up for some fork tenderloins. <laughs> I used to make these. Uh, I don't know. If I, uh, when I was in Chicago, mm-hmm. I would do like when I finally started getting into like meal prepping, I would. Uh, they had these like, I forget the name of the brand, but it was like crock pot like sauces. Mm-hmm. And so I would buy this like barbecue like sauce thing that was like meant to like braise meats in. And I would make these pork chops in the crock pot so good. It was the best. Fuck. 
want to go back to I need to I need to get back into the habit of using my crock pot. I yeah. I I, th- I have a crock pot, but I don't. It's so old. I don't know. <laughs> I don't trust it. I don't trust it yeah, anymore. I don't trust it. It's so old, like nineteen seventies old. Ooh, it's yeah. vintage. Yeah, it's a good year. It's got uh, it's got the freaking like old style floral pattern on it. I'm just like, nah, this thing's fucking. Does old. it does it have those like colors? That's like the like the brown. Yes, like tan. Yes, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what I like have. Stripes on it or yeah. something like that. Yeah, that's the one. It's upstairs. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Uh, anything else you want to add on to like, you know, static stretching and stuff? Don't do it before. <laughs> Don't do it before. <laughs> Don't do it before. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing I will add on to that is like, I think I said it, but I can't remember because I've said a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'll say it again. Other things. But just like, just like an exercise routine, when you kind of have a plan, you have kind of progressions. That's kind of the same thing that you want to think about when it comes to like static stretching is like, it should be incorporated within a plan that you have in like a, a, a whole fitness routine as like routine as a whole. So you have your strengthening, you have your muscle building, like whatever the case may be when it comes to resistance training, you have your conditioning, whatever that's going to, whatever that means to you. And then you, you should have a recovery routine and stretching can easily fit into that routine. So just, it's got to be planned, planned appropriately as to, cause benefit and not potential detriment to you know hurt potentially hurting yourself yeah last the last one that i got on this is uh more mobility increases sport performance or just performance as a whole Mm -hmm. and the thing that comes to mind in this and i think it's going to be a good example of you know the whole point to be made here is a guy that I've worked with in the past, it's been a long while, but I've recently started to work with him again. One of the one of the primary complaints that he had was with his ability to do overhead movements. And so looking at his range of motion, well, sorry, the so he was like, you know, I'm having a hard time when it comes to like jerks and like split jerks and stuff like that. I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's talk about it. Let's let's see, let me see what you got. And then we'll kind of work from there. And other than some tech, you know, some technique things that he definitely needed to work on. The bigger one was his range of motion from his arm. And he was pretty much like right here. Oof. So you can't see me, but effectively my arm is not all the way up and overhead. It's still a little bit in front. So probably 45 degrees. No, nah, I'd say a little bit more than that. For, okay. Like, at like 70, 70 degrees. Sure. Yeah. We'll get there. Like up, but not all the way in up. F- in front, in front of the forehead. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there we are. I was like, hold on. There, I, have a I guess re- it's all in front of the forehead, huh? <laughs> I have, yeah. I was, like, I was like, I have a, I have a reference to make, but I'm not going to. Just yeah, don't a- do it. Anyway, so the, but uh, so that was one of his big things, and I was like, okay, you, yes, we have some technique things that you definitely want to work on, and I was like, you, at the moment, I'm gonna be honest with you, you shouldn't be taking too many things overhead, uh, largely because you can't get into like a, a safe position. Or, a, or even a position that allows you to hold it. So we went through a lot of the things that we have already talked about and how to plan that appropriately. And, you know, fairly quickly, which is pretty cool, like we got a, a decent, almost an immediate response. Now he wasn't perfect, but he had more range of motion. Mm-hmm. So he was able to get into a bigger spot. And one of the things that I started to add on to him that I was telling him about is like, you know, with this stuff happening, as you start to increase range of motion, you have to then also be careful. 
because what's happening is you are now in untrained ranges that your body's not used to. Mm. So if you think of like a squat, for example, so you can squat to parallel where, you know, your, your hip crease is in line with your knees as your butt is descending down. If you start to build up and so you might be really strong there, right? I, you know, uh, the per- the first person that comes to mind is Irving that I like to make fun of. Love you, dude. But, you know, for example, he is freakishly strong in his squats. Now, is he breaking parallel? Yes, he is more often than not breaking parallel. Sometimes, Congratulations, he's made it. Sometimes he doesn't. And I make fun of him. I call him <laughs> out on it for, you know, just to just to rile him up. But that's a uh, but he I mean, he's squatting like 400 pounds. Yeah. Plus in that like in like us just ever like a little bit below parallel range of motion now if we were to all of a sudden increase his range of motion to be able to squat ass to grass that's you know potentially you know a 15 to 30 degrees of movement from his like his hips and knees that he wasn't having and is not trained yeah so he's likely not going to be able to get himself out of the hole or at the bottom of that squat um and with that much weight on his back has a very high chance of potentially hurting himself because the body doesn't know how to respond for sure or how to stabilize or how to produce force in this new range. So with this guy that I was working with, you know, this was this precaution that I was like, look, you absolutely like continue to work on building strength, continue to build on, you know, range of motion. But as you start to increase this range of motion, you have to be cautious about how much weight you're trying to push. Largely because, again, it's an untrained. And so, you know, there's, you know, we look at a lot of these athletes, you think of like, you know, pretty effectively any of the Chinese weightlifters at this point, because um, they are like freak beasts in mobility. They really are. Um, it's absolutely insane. Or you look at like gymnastics. I referenced a ballerina earlier before. Mm-hmm. You know, these aren't, we look at these as like the, the pinnacle of ability of joint range of motion potentially. And, the the thing that we don't really realize is bec- like realize because we're look realize is the amount of time it took for them to get there, um, but also it's that that progressive nature of them eventually getting there. Like we're seeing the end result, not the process to get it, to get it. And so it's very easy for us to be like, well, obviously we just need to hammer, you know, hammer our legs, hammer our ankles to be able to get all the range of motion, so that way we can get into deeper squats or do the splits or better overhead position. Um, but it's just potentially setting yourself up for a you know p- potential failure yeah. and a potential catastrophic failure at that when it comes to the body. And so with that, like, and, and there, it also, de- I think when we're also talking about stuff like this, especially when it relates to performance, there's a time and place to where we look at like, how much range of motion is needed. So like for power, like both of us, we've referenced power athletes several times here. And in the, the methodology, you know, their squat isn't an ass to grass squat. Mm-mm. It's like parallel, maybe ever so slightly I would lower. Say, yeah. It's the athletic stance squat. Yeah. Yeah. And so you think of like a football player, like does a football player is like one of the things that actually John Wilborn was saying in that is if you get caught in the bottom, like the ass to grass on a squat, like, you're in a bad position you're fucked. and you're going to get like, you're going to get pancaked mm-hmm. <laughs> like hit stick effective. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's a, you know, certain sports where it's like, you don't even, you don't need that. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes like too much could be 
dangerous. Yeah. So, you know, forcing, forcing somebody or some like, you know, certain athletes to try and be into like wider and larger ranges of motion might not be the actual need for them. And so it's, I mean, it's very much, it all depends. Like it's very dependent case, but I think a big thing to note is like, it's uncontrolled range of motion and you need to actually train yourself to be able to handle that. And, uh, if you could do that, then congratulations. Like you're going to have a wonderful long career. Yeah. <laughs> um, ideally injury free. Um, the, the one thing that I was talking about with Eric before this is, uh, as we were kind of talking about, I'm like, I wonder if I keep referencing my shoulder, right? It's kind of a, uh, beating a dead horse at this point, but if you have the first time listening, my arm fell off at one point in the middle of a competition. I dislocated it, had surgery, all that fun jazz. And I was thinking about this because I could never, I was never able to figure out like any, anything mm. like what caused it. And the only thing at the moment that I was able to like think about that could have been was just, this is a freak accident, Yeah, which it could have been still very good chance. Yeah. I mean, cause the predicament you were in was an overhead squat position. Yeah. Like, you know, you have good stability with the bar. Uh, you know, you weren't doing anything aggressive. There was there was no jolting movements. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but the thing the thing that I just like literally just realized was at that same moment, there a previous previous building up to that moment where before my arm fell off, I was we just had this gymnastic guy come into the gym and we were working on uh mobility right flexibility and like increasing range of motion and the program that we were following was gymnastics based and so we were doing some decent uh like shoulder range of motion exercises and a lot of things that i've never really done before so very new to me and i was doing it while also leading the classes through the routine and so speaking on this topic you know i had very good range of motion to begin with but the question is, maybe I was pushing myself further, like into untrained territories. And so when it came time for me to do this overhead squat, you know, however much weight I had overhead, that it was, it managed to push me into that untrained area where I had my catastrophic failure. And the more that I talk about this, the more this actually kind of sounds like that might've been the case. <laughs> and so... Assuming this to be true, take a lesson from me where my arm fell off and uh, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like take your time. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to be aware, right? Like if you're going for those extra stretches or if you're trying to, you know, if your goal is more mobility, you have to remember to train your body at that new mobility range. You can't just expected oh I, I have full range like i you know i can instead of my arm going directly 90 degrees uh, above my head i can go you know 115 degrees behind my head and it's like okay cool but your shoulder and the rest of the muscle group are not able to do anything with that range because this is new to them just like it's new to you they don't they don't have the strength for that yet yeah no for sure and they very they very well could have been the case for yeah. me so especially because i think i i said too like i was doing a uh, a narrow grip just trying to emulate my the, the Chinese lifters, mm -hmm. but I think that honestly I do more than like I said. The more that I talk about it, I'm kind of like, oh, that might have actually been the <laughs> that might have been the catalyst to it all. Yeah. It was probably several things, but this kind of makes some it makes some sense to yeah. me. There, 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 there are points 
towards that. Yeah. So with all of that being said, you know, it's uh, just be, you have to just be careful. You know, it's not to say that you can't do it and it's not scare tactics or, you know, I don't mean to scare, we don't mean to scare you, um, but it is just something to be cognizant of and aware of as you are going through and like working on these things is like, just like all of these others, you have to progress, progress yourself into it. And I think if you are being, you know, making steps kind of slowly as you progress, as well as you are following a fairly decent exercise routine where you're getting, you know, exposure to squatting, you're getting exposure to overhead pressing by nature, you're going to kind of naturally progress yourself into these things. But if you're like, you know, I think a worst case scenario would be like, all right, my shoulders suck. So I'm going to stop doing overhead movements. I'm going to solely work on my shoulder range of motion. And then I'm going to get back into, you know, putting overhead, doing overhead lifting again. Like that, that's, that is a very decent recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, tag team them. Like if you're going to do some mobility work through the shoulders or, you know, trying to increase range of motion, couple that with, you know, some weight training yeah. appropriately. So that way, and like not maxing out all the time, <laughs> please don't do that. <laughs> but, you know, progressively overload the strength training like you should. And uh, that will kind of, they piggyback off of each other fairly well. Yeah. And so that, and that's what I told this guy. Like, I'm like, uh, I was like, you know, don't, you don't have to necessarily stress this. I was like, but continue to train, right? If you're working on some shoulder stuff, piggyback that with any shoulders, like shoulder strength work. And that kind of will help solidify the position, build strength into those positions, let your body understand how to move through that range of motion. And then it just kind of, you know, continues to wobble its way all the way up until you're like, I have fantastic overhead movement right. with strength, with stability. And uh, you can perform all these things safely. Money, baby. Money. Uh, anything you want to add on to that one? Um, no. I mean, you know, I, yeah, I it, it falls into the same category of of static stretching. You know, if you, you don't want to overstretch because, like we said, you know, mobility. There are limits to mobility. You can't, you can't just keep. <laughs> no pun intended. Stretching, <laughs> stretching your mobility. Um, you know, yeah, you, you have to, at some point create stability for your new mobility. Correct. Yeah. hundred percent. And I I think again, too, when we're looking at, we're looking at this stuff, it's what, you know, whenever, whenever we're like creating work or like workouts or programming or like, you know, working with an athlete or, you know, client, it's a, what is the goal? And if the, if there are somebody that's playing a sport, it goes, what are the demands of the sport? Yeah. And if, you know, they're a football player or if they're a, for whatever reason, the next thing was rugby player, yeah. which is effectively the same thing. <laughs> you know, you have to look at it and go like, what's the risk reward mm-hmm. of working on, say, like trying to increase range of motion? Yeah. There's a good chance that, you know, if they're set, very set, set into their career, pushing them too far might be a detriment to the sport as their their sport as a whole. Oh, remember we were watching that one video about the football player who went to do CrossFit and he's like, Oh yeah, CrossFit made me stronger and healthier, fucked himself up for the next football season, didn't play. I don't remember you that. You don't remember that one? No. Oh fuck. Well I thought it was you were watching. <laughs> um but no like so there was that and then uh I remember when when I was coaching my CrossFit kids, like I caught flack. Uh they're like, you know, f- first of all you guys need to fuck off because they're kids. They're high school kids. Like they're not even at your level of CrossFit. They're here to get better. But second of all, they're football players. They don't need to go ass to grass. No. Like, like 
in nowhere does their sport ever call for them to go ass to grass. They're essentially that short, compact power movement, you know? Um, and again, back to a, they're kids. Fuck off. Like, <laughs> and they're under my supervision. Don't, don't worry about what they're doing. Yeah. And like, I think football is just a really good example in that because like there is, there is no, there shouldn't be a point in time where they find where somebody would find themselves in an astrograph squat. Yeah. And if you are, you're about to get, you're about to get your shit rocked. Like John Wellborn said, you're going to get fucked up if you get caught in the astrograph. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's a compromised position at this point. But you know, if you think about it, right. You go across the lines of, of sport, baseball, there's no full squat, basketball, there's no full squat, hockey, there's no full squat. The only one actually, well, the only the one in baseball, well, the only one in baseball is the catcher catcher. Um, and then, I mean, the goalie, the the goalie in 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 hockey, yes, definitely has to be flexible. Yes, you got to be able to slide on the ice, stick out their limbs, risk Do it. That. Yeah, risk everything. Um, they're probably the only ones, but for the most part, the majority of the athletes on on fields and contact sports, they're not squatting ass to grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't see it. So, uh, you know, I was a diver, so f- that's the extreme flip side where, like, I need to be able to bend in half yeah like i need to i don't necessarily need to be able to squat ass to grass but i need to be able to tuck my, my tuck myself into a ball yeah as if i am squatting ass to grass yeah so that is one that's like that's a different example where like you know large range of motion is a benefit because it's a it's a necessity of the sport so again you, i think if we're looking at athletics then it's time to you if you're looking at athletics then you also have to you have to look at what are the demands to or what are the needs of the sport so that way you can then appropriately plan for you know the demands of it yep. and like whether that's training range of motion whatever the case may be science science bitch <laughs> what is a oh god what does jesse say from um science bitch is that is that it? Yeah. okay i was like i'm like is that it like, yo <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to add on to kind of this, like, uh, you know, mobility talk? Um, I did it again. I smacked my lip. Um, <laughs> stay mobile. You know, as, as much as we said, you know, be careful what you guys are doing. Uh, you know, you, you still you, you still got to stay mobile. You got to go out for a walk. Go, you know, break down any lactic acid after a workout. Uh you know, take the time to, you know, put in that dynamic and static stretching combination either on day of or after workouts, you know, you know, take advantage of foam rollers and, and lacrosse balls. But again, everything we've said applies to you if you're listening to this, whether you're in CrossFit, whether you're in sports, you, you got to mobilize, you got to stay loose, but you also cannot go beyond the uncomfortable level of pressure um, or of stretching. Uh, because the 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 risk reward factor goes up, right? High 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 risk, low reward. Would you say moderation is key here? <sighs> you know, we we throw that word around a lot. Um, we should probably use it sparingly. That's true. Yeah, or moderately. Hmm. Good idea. Yeah. So I would agree. Perfect. Yeah. That's crazy how we say everything in moderation. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it, it's you, like, it's almost like our tagline. You think anybody listens to us? <laughs> <laughs> Moderately. <laughs> <laughs> Is it weird that we just like, 
leaned and laughed into the same direction and then came back to the mic at the same time. I don't know. I uh, I think we're just mirroring each other at this point. <laughs> Are we the? Did you become the same person? Probably. Sausages. Damn it. Uh, one day. One I was, day. I was thinking hot dogs. Oh seriously? Yeah. Oh my god. Why did you say it? <laughs> Do you know how wild that would have been if that just happened? Like it would have been great if it was the same word, but like. Damn it, Eric. They're both phallic in shape. Well, I mean, we're yeah, fine. yeah. God, man, sorry. One of these days, we're gonna, we're gonna. You have gotta that. give me the count, the one, two, three. Well, you can't. It's got to be spontaneous. Well, I was thinking hot dogs, though. So Duh. that is weird. Damn but it. Also cool. Okay, one of these days that will happen. There's gonna be an awkward silence. We're gonna lock eyes. We're gonna just say a word. <laughs> First word that comes to our head, and hope to God that uh, it will sync up one day. Mine will ninety percent of the time be penis. Okay, but that's the obvious one. I, gotta, you can't, I can't. I'm not gonna say penis. Vagina. 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 Oh, you're talking about those. Oh, you're talking about those like uh those hot like skillet things that you get sometimes at like Mexican restaurants, yes. like a Chili's and stuff. Yes. The sometimes the, they're like the chicken vaginas. Yeah, chicken vaginas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. I like steak vaginas. You know, it just depends. You yeah. know how specialty whatever they got. Yeah. You know. You know if they're like I'm a chicken guy, I'm a yeah. fish guy, like you know beef, whatever the case Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Sometimes shrimp. Sometimes shrimp. Yeah. Sometimes you'll get some of those scrimp vaginas. Scrimp vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hey, you know what? Teach their own. That's and, right. And uh, I'm hungry now, actually. Yeah. Might steal some of your chili. Oh shit! I don't know. I don't. Uh, if there's some left. No. <laughs> That's what I get for waiting. That's my fault. Oh, I still need to bring you that. I have so many things I need to do for you. Oh. Uh, I'm know. supposed to make some cookies. Yeah. Um, I did cook you pasta. I did cook you carbonara. The carbonara was fucking amazing. So we're we're good. I got that one covered. Yeah. And I still need to bring you that chili sauce, that chili pepper. Oh powder. yeah, I want to try that. So that way you can uh, burn my butthole. So you can both spit and shit hot fire. Yeah, Dylan, <laughs> like the greatest <laughs> rapper in the world, <laughs> Dylan. Anyway, Eric, where can people find us? People can find us at our Instagram at another period rep period podcast, and they can contact us via our email at another rep podcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as you can listen to us on YouTube. Yeah. And if you like what you're listening to, please don't hesitate to uh, like, like it, uh, subscribe to it, send I, it I to your you friends. I thought you were going to say lick it, but because... It was pretty close. You were like, like lick it. Yeah. If well, you want to lick the screen as well, that's fine. Go for it's it. It's your screen. We won't stop you. Yeah. It's your, it's look, it's, it's your truth. We're yeah. just, it's your world. We're just living we're in just it. We're just living it. Um, we're, we're happy. We're happy for you for that journey. Yeah. That you're on. We're happy. that we're. <laughs> I love that journey. I for love you. that journey for you. Yeah. So you can also, um, bop it, flick it, twist it, or pull it as well. Yeah. Yeah. You can. All of those are options. Is there a squeeze it too? I no? think there's a spin it. Spin it. That's what it was. That's the advanced version of yeah. it. So. Pass it, too. Oh, and then pass it. Yeah, you got to pass it. Always pass that to shit. To the left. Always. Yeah. Don't, don't, uh, oh, God, what's the word? D- don't. Bogart? Yeah, don't Bogart it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye.